Yes Have Some podcast is brought to you by Carnivorous Creations, your one-stop shop for all of your proton pack building needs. If you're in the market for a proton pack, head to carnivoruscreations.com. That's carnivorous with a K. You're going to find aluminum motherboards, resin parts, fiberglass shells, and a whole lot more. Find them on Facebook at Carnivorous Creations or head straight to carnivoruscreations.com. Remember carnivorous with a K and get started on an authentic screen accurate proton pack. Do you want some uh, coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. We got one! It's time for another episode of Yes, Have Some Podcast. Look at him in really bad shape. Come on, please, please. Your weekly pop culture therapy session. Give me, give me, give me. I need, I need. Subscribe on iTunes by searching for Yes, Have Some in the iTunes store or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yeshavesomecast. Sick vandalism. That is a deliberate mutilation of a public service message. And now, hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed with your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. We're mutants. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of Yes, Have Some Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Craig Goldberg. We are here in Atlanta and Valdosta, Georgia, and we are here to have a good time tonight. As always, I'm here with my two wonderful, beautiful co-hosts, Abigail Gardner. Abigail. Abigail Gardner. (laughs) Clark Abigail Gardner. Yes. From Gone with the Wind. Yes. Filmed as well in Georgia. Yes. This is going to be our Gone with the Wind podcast. We're People, touring the museum. Yeah, we're going to the Gone with the Wind museum. We're going to talk about all the artifacts. People have been asking for it, Jake. Uh, I've never seen it. Whoa. Well, I guess you don't like the Civil War. It's just another one of those movies that I have not seen. But they show that like in school. Oh, did you not go to school in Georgia? No, I just no. Frankly, I did. Frankly, Jake doesn't. <laughs> they didn't give show a that in my oh. school. They show that in your. They show that in your school. We had a Georgia history class in eighth grade, and they showed us Gone with the Wind. Did you I watch that? They showed it. Maybe in my I home didn't school. show. Yeah, up we that watched day. it at home. Like <laughs> they showed it at home. In school? my yeah, I remember distinctly watching <laughs> it like on Sunday nights. Like it was, it was a big deal. <laughs> Multiple. Because I got Sunday. to stay up late because it was so fucking long and so. windy. Yeah, you know, we'd start eating dinner and then have snacks by the end, like hot fudge sundae, something good. What I love is um, in Adam's family, at the end, when they're opening up the books, uh, mm-hmm. and, like, the, whatever the book title is, is happening in real life. Right. And, like, I guess it's Fest or whatever, opens up Gone with the Wind, and it's very windy. And I remember as a kid, like, thinking I was super smart, like, well, that movie's not actually about <laughs> wind. Or that book, like, they... Huh. They clearly haven't read. <laughs> what I've wrote, watched in Whoever movie, wrote The Adams Family has no idea about They don't have a sense of humor. They, they think they know comedy, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, I like those Adams Family movies. Those are those are special. They hold a special place in my heart. Whoa, Abby's opening up a soda pop. What soda are you drinking time. there? A Diet Coke. I want to say Ecto Cooler because we have so much, uh, but it's Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Jake. We're giving all the Ecto Cooler away at PKE Surge. We are giving out a lot of PKE Surge Ecto Cooler. And Jake, before we went on the air, me and you had a little bit of conversation about your drink of choice tonight. Yeah, I got a little bit of uh, uh, Crystal Pepsi here. Uh, and I think... I thought you were um, going to say Crystal Meth because you're in Valdosta. Yep. Yeah, well, I'm out, out of it. I'm out of it. Um, so I got some Crystal Pepsi <laughs> okay. instead. Uh, but have you had this? Have you, have you tried it? 
I have not had Crystal Pepsi. To me, it tastes a lot like regular Pepsi. There's, I, I, you can tell a bit of a difference, but I think it just makes me feel good because it's clear and it makes me just feel like maybe it's better for me. Was it refined in the uh, fields of uh, what Jupiter? What is <laughs> totally, it? Oh, totally. Whatever Dan Aykroyd talks about. The fields of Jupiter, <gasps> the, the new album mines. from Train. Um, wait a minute. Crystal Head Pepsi is what we're doing. Oh, oh, that could be a drink. I bet someone's I doing guess, that. I guess, yeah. Somebody's doing that, yeah. So, Not me. So many nostalgic drinks. Yeah, well, that's drink. what I was going to ask Jake right now is, so you like it, you're enjoying it. What's your nostalgia meter at on a scale of 1 to 10? I don't think what I've ever feels? had it before, so I don't... <laughs> There's no... How many feels do you have right now? What? How many feels do you have? Oh, do you have uh, all the feels or just some of the feels? <laughs> I, I just have uh, the feel that it that Pepsi tastes good. Oh. Um, I, I I don't think I I don't think I'd ever had Crystal Pepsi when it was out. When was it in the nineties that that it was out? Yeah, it was yes. had to be like it's probably yeah. around the time of the nineties. I Olympics. distinctly remember practicing swallowing like Advil to it because it was like the first time that I was going to take pills or whatever. That so. is the weirdest sentence you have weird? ever said. Is Let's that examine that. I remember, I remember practi- practicing with M and M's and like practicing being proud taking of pills. Yeah, Why would you like, swallow an M and M? No, I have a valid point. As a child, you take chewables. Yeah, they yeah. make. Chewables. I did until okay. I was seventeen. And then you I'm start insane. being able to swallow like a gel cap or something like that. Right. So I don't like the fact that I'm saying swallow so much. Um, but what I'm talking about is, yeah, I remember. I have a distinct memory of being in my dad's office and drinking Crystal Pepsi and like eating M and M's and feeling very adult because I was like, yeah, I could. You know, this take, is what adult. I could take Advil if I want. <laughs> I'm to. like Don Draper right now. Yeah, you guys should see me popping pills <laughs> in my dad's office. Pepsi and you're like, this is a very adult thing of me to be I doing. I was extremely adult. Hey, speaking of adult drinks, I was at work today and I was walking through our little break room and there was an unopened case of Fago root beer. Ooh. And, yeah? Uh, yeah, my uh, my psycho killer clown meter was just that. going off the off the charts there now he hold on now have you ever have you ever actually had any fago yeah oh yeah yeah me too. Dude, i'm from stockbridge georgia the fago the fago root beer is actually really good yeah no it's pretty I'm good really it's very good uh at my job once we did there was like this blind root beer taste test yeah um where they had 10 different root beers mm-hmm. all sorts of different brands like everything from like generic to like name brand craft yeah, yeah. i'd be uh, into that and we all drank them and we had to vote on which one we liked the, the best. And um, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that Fago came in dead last. Oh. <laughs> uh, That's a sad clown. Um, I'd, I'd be into that contest. Just a whole bunch yeah. of root beer. Sounds yeah. fun. No, we should get a bunch of root beer. I'm into root beer. Yeah, Just drink root beer it. all weekend. Ooh, Ooh, yes. All right. Well, that's the show. We're going to get root beer. Yep. Um, We're selling our ecto cooler. We're going to trade it in. No. No. We can't. We could never do that. For the kids. I just want root beer. I know. Mm. So listen, guys. Here's the thing. We've had this wonderful discussion about soda. I'm very thirsty. We're a couple weeks from Dragon Con. we got a lot going on. Ghostbusters is still in theaters. Yep. We saw Suicide Squad. Yes. We all loved it. So much. It's the Gone with the Wind of the 90s. Yeah. It's the 90s. Love all this... Gone with the wind. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I think we're feeling a little bit of stress. What do you guys feel? A little bit. It. A little, little bit. bit. Should, we, should we do this? Two weeks out Let's from Dragon Con. I mean, yes. Yes. I'm stressed the fuck out. You look a little stressed. Is this some radical new therapy? Why don't you do something with your life? 
Well, then I'm going to ask you guys a question right now. Yeah? Jacob Walsh. Yeah. yeah. What is stressing you out? Let me tell you what's stressing me out. Uh, All right. We've we finally kind of gotten over the hurdle that is uh, Ghostbusters answer the call. Uh, it's, you know, it's still stressing a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. but you know, we're kind of uh, settling down a little bit. Yeah, it's um, like, it's like, uh, I don't know. It, it's like looking forward to a family vacation for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then you go on it. And it was pretty fun, but it kind of rained a little bit. It rained a little bit you at the end. It's like the very <laughs> end of it, kind of. And you hate your family. It's like... <laughs> yep. It was like super God. fun and that you really back. loved it. And you wanted to get on the ride over and over and over. The but station then, like, wagon overheated on the on the highway. Yeah, and then it just home. rained. And you're just bad like, well, fuck bad that meals. fucking rain. Um, yeah, that's what that was like. Uh, but, <laughs> but it was fun. So, okay, so as Ghostbusters is kind of winding down, uh, there, there are a couple other movies coming up that might be, you know, things we're looking forward to. The thing that uh, has got me super excited and, su- like, legitimately stressed out right now. Real stress. Re- a little bit of real stress is the fact that they're making um, a new adaptation of Stephen King's It. Okay. Um, the thing here, I think the most stressful thing about it is the fact that, okay, you guys have seen the original, right? I think, or, uh, Craig, you've seen part of it. I've seen one half of it. Okay. It, but neither one Abigail, of you. Abigail, have you seen it? Exactly. Zero halves. You see zero, zero halves. halves. Okay. Neither one of you have read it. I'm ready to read it though. Okay. Yeah. So. I haven't read it. So, so Seems like very long. I think most people know know the basic plot of like what it is about right i think if you asked anybody they'd be like oh it's about a clown who kills people um that is like the least complicated way to talk about (laughs) what it is about uh the book is over a thousand pages right um i have listened to the audio version it is 45 hours long that's not an exaggeration. That is how long it is. So I can get it in before Dragon Con, right? It is a big, yeah. It is a big chunk of book, and it is it is one of the most terrifying, crazy, scary books that I've ever. It's it's amazing. the 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 TV um, miniseries that came out. You know, a lot of people look fondly on it, I think mainly because of Tim Curry. And Tim Curry was awesome in it. Um, but if you go back and watch that movie, it's not very good. Right. You know, it's a TV. It's a TV movie. Right. So There's a lot of mediocre Stephen King made for TV yeah, movies. Yeah, for right. sure. For sure. And on top of that, um, it, the book, it, <laughs> there is some crazy shit going on. There's no way that that book should be a made-for-TV movie. It's <laughs> yeah. it's incredibly uh, scary. It's gory. There's just a lot of weird shit going on. Um, so you know, a lot you lose so much of that making a TV movie. Now uh, the new one, their plan is to make it a two-part movie because you know, obviously, it's very long. Right. It's it's you know well, that's the, the, better than sacrificing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, no, it, it's good, but but here this is what stresses me out about it is so as far as like movies go now, if the first movie doesn't do well, your sequel doesn't happen, right? Um 
So I'm scared that like what if yeah, this we, movie Jake, what we if, know. Oh yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So like yeah. what if the first half of this movie gets made and for some reason the second half doesn't? You know, it's not a well, sequel. It's one story. Yeah, well, it'll be just like my experience of having the It VHS. I only had the first part, so <laughs> it would be the same for me. Yeah, you, you would know no difference. Oh, the, I guess I never told that story on air. We were talking about it yesterday, but that's what I was referencing when you asked if I saw It. I've seen one half of it because growing up, uh, I had what I thought was the whole movie, but I always thought it ended kind of abruptly, and... Uh, <laughs> I remember one day realizing, <laughs> oh, this is like a double VHS. I was like at a friend's house, and um, hey, those VHS tapes couldn't hold that much. Like if you yep. had more than a two and a half hour movie, that was a double tape. We're talking Titanic, Godfather, and then of course it. So yeah, I can imagine you finishing the first half and just being like, boy, they didn't resolve that issue at all. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote this, David Lindelof? <laughs> Um, oh, was Carlton Cuse involved with this? <laughs> so, so uh, this this new version of the movie, I feel like a lot of people are going to. So, a lot of times when you get remakes and you get, um, I, I wouldn't call this a remake because when it's an adaptation of a book, it's an adaptation of the book. Right. You can have two versions. There are two version. There are two filmed versions of The Shining. I would not call one a remake of the other. They're completely different movies, and it's because. They're both based on different things. In the, you know, it's a completely right. different thing. They're based on the same source material. Right. Exactly. And I think um, that that's what this is. Everything we've seen so far from this is showing that uh, it looks to be way closer to the book. There's a lot of stuff. We've There's been a lot of pictures popping up from uh, production, from filming, and a lot of it is way more in line with, with the book. And I wonder if when the when it comes out, if a lot of people who are not familiar with the book but are familiar with the movie are just going to be like, what is this? This is nothing like the old movie. Right, right. They'll be like, disab- right. And that will happen because it's like you said, people look back on it fondly because yeah. most people who watched it did not read the book. Right. And they just know what they know. There, um, There's just like a – there's so there's the story is so much bigger in the book. There's so much history behind everything. Every character is so fleshed out. There's so much backstory to everything. And one thing that the book does that the movie didn't touch on in any kind. If you watch the movie, it you never get any explanation to what it is besides it's a monster. Right. It, it does all these things. You know, you see it. Uh, turn into a werewolf you know it's a spider at one point it's Whoa. just lights at one point you know you well because so the story is that the monster or whatever the creature manifests as the it's different victims like worst fears right yeah it's um it, it's like an all-knowing creature and okay. it and it becomes it basically it like feeds on you know the fear of children and it will do whatever that sh- that child is most scared of okay, like it, so a clown it, it even, or okay yeah no. it, it it becomes a clown a to kind of uh trick kids into you know getting close to it or you know the famous one of the most famous scenes from the movie is the first time you meet pennywise the clown and it's he's in a sewer drain and he's like you know tricking a kid into basically coming into the sewer drain okay. so he can eat him and uh you know he 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 literally eats children 
but the book kind of implies that he doesn't need to actually eat the children. He just does that because that's what they're scared of. You know, it's oh, that kind of thing. Um, I like but, that though because, like, like I'm trying. I was just trying to think. He why, feeds off the fear. Yeah, of. and I was trying right. to think of like what what. That's kind of an interesting conversation. Like, what would your guys's fear yeah. be? What would, like, what would yeah. what would Pennywise manifest for you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I know. Well, for some of our friends, he would be a female Ghostbuster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine that? <laughs> oh, fuck my my worst fears in the in the flesh. Uh, that Ghostbuster has breasts, and she's funny. <laughs> oh God, she's funny. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that was a cheap that's joke. I shouldn't say it, guys. No, that was good. No, um, a clown actually might be my answer, like a scary a, clown. Just that's a clown. Right. Yeah, I don't know what my answer to that would be. I'd have to think on it. Jay, um, what are you most scared of? Well, I, honestly, I think the thing that scares me the most is is kind of, is more of an idea than a thing. Like I, I, I'm terrified of what it would uh, be like to be like out in the open ocean. <laughs> And, okay. and, and 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 the cl- I don't th- I don't think the clown could just become an ocean, so I don't know. Well, um, he could. I don't know. I could just wake up and be in an ocean. Whatever. Dude, that'd be cool. Uh, right. But whatever, the thing the thing about gets it, you there, whatever floats your boat. Oh, oh. oh floats my or doesn't float my boat. Yeah. Uh, so in the movie, in the movie, you don't really get much explanation from that. You're just you're just like, oh, he's a monster. He's whatever he wants to be. Whatever. Uh, the book goes into great detail explaining where it came from what it is, what it needs, like, you know, what it's done. Uh, it's kind of lived on earth since before humans and any kind of life even existed. Uh, it, it goes into all kinds of weird shit. And it's specifically human forms, but no, you said it can be like lights. It could be like any sort of different thing. It could be an ocean. They, they mention it in the movie, uh, and they talk about it at great lengths in the book, but it's true form cannot be, uh, you know, humans cannot see it's huge. Like we're we're too small. Uh, we can't uh, see what it actually is. Yeah, oh, we're, right. we're, can't we can't comprehend its true form. I like and, that. Uh, and they talk a lot about its true form, kind of being just pure, like orange and white light. And he calls it the deadlights. And if Ooh. you see the deadlights, you go crazy. You know, like Ooh, you don't like you don't this. come back from it. And uh, I don't even uh, need to read it. The end of the movie. Say forty-five uh, hours. Yeah, it, at the end of the movie, he he turns into a physical form, which is this l- creature, and it's kind of supposed to be like the closest the human mind can, uh, you know, can get to seeing right. what it is. Right. But it it it's whatever scares you the most. And in the book, um, you know, to one kid, it's a werewolf. It's a mummy to one kid. It's a leper. Uh, you know, to with me, no be a nose. Top so of clothes. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah no, my oddest one would have to. I think my deepest fear is like isolation or like incarceration, being locked up or being like in a like put away in a room, like in or something away yeah. from people, and like yeah. that is that would be the death of me. So, dude, this is depressing as fuck. Let's <laughs> talk about Harley Quinn now. Well, Jay, real quick. So, but so they're remaking it, and like, so they've kind of there've been a lot of pictures that have come out and there's been like some cast announcements Mm -hmm. the one thing that's irking me a little bit is i don't know who said it i don't know if it was a director or producer but somebody came out and was like oh it's gonna be like stranger things like oh don't start saying that like well i i did read that article and uh, a funny thing about that is the guys who made stranger things they tried to to make it 
a couple years back and they weren't given permission. Like, uh, Damn. they, they, they'd been trying to get, um, you know, a new version of it off the ground for a couple of years now. And it's gone through a couple different directors. It's, uh, well, the guy who did true detective was going to do it. Originally. Yeah. He was, he was attached to it for a little bit. And, uh, and the reason a lot of people have kind of keep passing on it is because like, of- it's such a big amount of information to put into a movie and they're, they've been trying to figure out, I know at one point they had talked about maybe doing it as a TV show. Um, just cause it, there's so much of it. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I think what they meant when they talk, said that it's going to be like Stranger Things is that the movie takes place in, uh, you know, the book take the, the main characters of the story, uh, half of it is, is them as kids. And then um, the second half of the story uh, is them as adults. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So right. the first half of the movie, they're all children. They're all like 12 and 13 years old. And uh, I'm into it, it. And it takes place. In the book, it takes place, I think, like in the 70s uh, or maybe even, I don't know, it, it, it takes place very early and then you get about 25 years later and the movies are going to be the same way, but uh, they change the time a little bit and it's going to be them in the 80s. So okay. the first now half, I see why they say it's gonna yeah, be the first half things. is going to be kids in the 80s and it's, you know, it's a story of seven friends that become best friends because they're all kind of being tormented by this clown. Uh, and not just the clown. There's like bullies that they're all kind of standing up against. Oh, dude, uh, I'm into it. And, hey, and one of the kids. If it's good, then it's going to be great. Like, I'm excited about it. Yeah, like, no. Really... It's, I mean, it's a great story. It's and, uh, Pepsi. And, and also one of the, one of the main characters uh, is going to be played by uh, Finn. What's his name? Finn Wolfhard, who oh, was yeah. in Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, right, right. so what's the release? They're filming it now. What's the? Uh... It's filming now. It's supposed to come out next year sometime. Okay. Um, they have. I don't know how. I know they're a couple months into filming. Um, I read recently that they have already filmed with the kids uh, for a couple of months, and they were just starting to get into filming uh, with Pennywise. Okay. So they're they're deep into. And filming. do you know if they're? Um... Are they filming the movies back to back, or are they gonna just do this one? I don't. I don't think so. I don't even think they've cast um, like uh, the older versions of the kids okay. yet. Um, they either haven't done that, or they haven't uh, well, announced that yet. It's gonna I be would... Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Brad Pitt. <laughs> I would uh. think that. I would think that they would maybe have the adult versions of the kids, maybe maybe book ending. The, the the first, first movie, movie yeah because yeah. the the book goes back and forth it's a lot of like i mean it, the book the book and the original uh movie basically starts with them as adults and one of the characters is calling all of the characters on the phone to be like hey uh uh you know it's back and they all have flashbacks to when they were little so i would imagine that maybe um the older versions of the characters would be in this movie. Right. But there hasn't been any casting uh, announcements for the, for any of them yet. Well, damn, dude. That's going to be pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope so. Yeah. Um, and I think it's cool because, like you said earlier, it's not – you can't just put, oh, they're remaking it. They're going to ruin it. They're taking – if anything, it sounds like it's probably going to be a more faithful adaptation. Yeah. Um, it, now, I remember when The Shining – like the second version of the shining came out in the nineties uh-huh. or whatever. And it was like a made for TV movie and it stayed more to the book, but right. like 
Doesn't it kind of suck? I remember it being like not. It very does kind of. I mean, it does kind of suck. But again, it was a made-for-TV movie, yeah. and there's only you know <laughs> there's so many limitations. There's only so that, much right? they did. They would do, do they with even them back make then. those anymore. Now that like Netflix shows are a thing, like there's no. <laughs> The first of <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no, there's no need for like a three part miniseries, like no, it's just think, a shitty version. Yeah, at this point, uh, the quality of TV has gotten a lot better, and it, we we've reached a point where um, you could have a TV show that's just as good production wise, writing wise, acting wise as any movie, and it kind of. Didn't used to seem that way. Oh no, TV used to be like the worst. Thing yeah. Ever. So like now you Netflix. know now you get stuff like True Detective and Game of Thrones and like all these shows where you're like, oh, you know, shit, we gotta we gotta see this. Yeah, well, and, right. Uh, Breaking Bad and Mad Men kind of like set that pace. Of yeah, like, oh, yeah, we all for have sure. To talk and that later, Walking Dead. Right. Well, I don't know what The Walking Dead is doing nowadays, but it was something at one point. Yeah, it definitely was. It's yeah, yeah. It's not Good. It's holding you know, on there. I'm, hey, not talk, I'm not gonna talk hey, shit. I haven't seen Negan, seasons. Who's someone hey, got killed? Someone Somebody's killed. getting. Yeah, is that God? It's. I feel like it's Who been forever. Oh man, I just hope they don't kill uh, Larry. Is that a person? Yeah. Nope. I don't know shit about the one. <laughs> I mean, it's probably a person. But do you guys? We how do I host a pop? Formally. I host a pop 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 culture podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you host? I host a pop culture podcast and say the sentence. I've never seen that way too often. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Thanks. That sounds like some. That sounds like some deep seated legit Good, stress. Yeah, it stress. is. Good stress. Just ask you. Hey. So. I got a question for you guys. Yes. Okay. Does anybody have a question for me? Yeah. Oh. They yeah. do. Well, I'm not ready. Go for it. What's your question for me? Hey. Hey. What's stressing you out, Craig? Oh, thank you. I guess the floor <laughs> is mine. Well, I don't know if you guys heard, they're remaking this movie called It. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, no, I just want, have you guys? Okay. Yeah. Um, I got a little bit of stress. No, why don't you break it down? Um, clowns, fear, fear factor, fear factor live at Universal Studios. Um, no, I got some stress. I got some, uh, I got some Dragon Con stress. Um, every year leading up to Dragon Con, cause it's like our big end of year, end of summer blowout. And I always have stress about like building props and doing costumes because I don't fancy myself like a cosplay person or a prop builder or any of those things. And every year I spend the whole year going, not gonna do it. I'm not gonna stress myself out. I'm not gonna build a bunch of last minute costumes. I'm just gonna go hang out with my friends and have fun. And then, like a week or two before, I start getting all these grandiose ideas about doing new props. So, of course, about a week ago, I pick up the phone and call Jake, and I was like, "Hey, Jake, I've got an idea." And you were like, "What?" I was like, "I'm gonna build a proton Gatling gun, the one that's in the new Ghostbusters movie." And you were like, "What?" What are you talking about? There's no, there's no, no, you didn't say that, but the other people were like, there's everyone no, else is going to say that. Everyone right? else was like, there's no Gatling gun in the new Ghostbusters right. movie. And I'm going to say, ha, you're not a real fan. If you would have watched it, you would have noticed during the end of the movie when they're in Jillian Holtzman's lab in the firehouse, a Gatling gun sitting on the table for about, I don't know, one and a half seconds. <laughs> uh, long enough. Long enough to be noticed and observed, but there's a lot of screenshots and it's something we saw kind of beforehand. It was never used in the movie. But I was like, man. Was I could... it in those promo images, like, on the, in the lab? Or... Yeah, yeah. It kind of, like, it was around for a while. And they had the prop on display at some events. And I decided that I wanted to build that and put my skills to the test. And uh, 
So I did it. I'm not finished with it, but I put it together. And like when you're building a prop and you pick up everything and I bought like everything at Home Depot, uh, it's really scary because I had everything and I'm like, I don't see it. You know, <laughs> I, I have a vision, but I'm not seeing it. And I'm like assembling everything and painting everything. I'm like, I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing a toolbox. Yeah, there's not. It. it I it's feel a PVC like. PVC pipe. Yeah, it looks like a bunch of jumbled up pipe. And then there's that little magic moment, magic moment that happens that like you're building it and you cross that threshold and you go, oh shit, this is a Gatling gun. Now it's really a <laughs> Gatling gun. You watch it like come together. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Like, you know, it's uh, it's the miracle of life. Yes. Um, it, it when was weird. When a man weird. loves a woman very, very much. When a man loves a woman, he takes his Gatling, a Gatling gun <laughs> and he puts it in her butt. He puts a hood oh. ornament on her. Oh. Hey. Whoa, Whoa. guys, this is an you adult know, conversation. Rotates. <laughs> the Gatling gun. Yeah, uh, that's what Gatling guns do, right? It, they do. Well, mine's not. Uh, mine not doesn't functional. work. There's been <laughs> some discussion on Could the functionality. In, let's talk about that. So here's that. the thing. I put important. a. I put. I had a prop replica of the uh, hood ornament from the new Ghostbusters movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm going to put this at the front of the gun just because I can, and it's funny and it's silly. Of course, I put a picture of it online, and immediately someone was like, I like, uh, I like what you did there, but let's face it. If this was a real-world application, and I immediately stopped reading it because it's a fake gun and it's a fake movie, and people take this shit way too seriously. Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, if I'm offending prop builders out there... Um, so yeah, I've had stress, but it came together. I got the strap on there. I'm gonna carry it in the parade. I got my Holtzman goggles, my new Holtzman uh, mashup uniform, and I'm really excited because I'm gonna go out and represent my fandom. That's what I like to do. Yeah, now, it's gonna be good, man. Hanging keep, with the fam, hanging with my family and friends. Now I will say I keep looking at it and getting really stressed because I now that I'm about seventy percent done with it, I'm like, well, what else can I do? I've got two weeks. I got to do more. Um, so that's it's like just, a magic eye where you have to just look at it and believe for a while that it's going to be the right thing. But as you back away, like it finally is. It looks really good. You've got the. I think the hood ornament makes it look like a Mad Max. Like it looks like a like a super tough, awesome thing. And well, I'm excited that you brought it to life. So. Yeah, and it and it's loosely Fuck the naysayers. Well, yeah, and it's loosely based on the one in the movie. It's not 100 percent accurate to that. Um, but what's cool about the new movie and all the new gear is that. It does kind of have a more of a stripped down, cobbled together feel, which kind of gives you more creative license to kind of be like, I don't know, make fun decisions and do whatever you want. You don't have to stick to stick to the script is like, you know, when you're building one of the original proton packs or a trap, like those are very iconic uh, props that have been around, around for a very long time. And you can kind of notice those like subtle differences. Um, so taking some liberties, but I think it looks pretty good. Pretty excited. And, uh, yeah, that, I guess that's not even stress. Once again, my stress is just excitement. Yeah. Um, just wait till I take a pipe to it. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine this whole sequence where I walk out of the bathroom, like in our hotel room and I've got the pipe and then I just start beating the shit out of everyone's pack. And I feel like that would go very wrong. <laughs> well, cause you gotta yeah, get a little it's... sandwich. Get a little sandwich, Abby. <laughs> Blood sugar is a serious thing. Um, no, but I'm stressed. I'm stressed too, guys. Wait, I'm not done. You're not done? I think I'm done. Are you? Do you well, my only other stress has to do with Ghostbusters still being in theaters. And, you know, I we haven't really talked about it on the podcast much. I guess we should touch on it since we tend to talk about Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. All these reports came out this week that 
you know, the movie's going to lose 50 to 70 million after, you know, marketing costs and everything else. And the future of Ghostbusters is in question and there's not going to be a sequel. And the only thing I'm going to say is everybody just needs to calm down. Let's stick to the facts. The movie's not making as much money as we all could have hoped for. There's lots of different reasons for that that we don't need to get into right now. But let's just let it let it ride out. Let it enjoy its theatrical run. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on DVD in a couple months. I'm going to see it one more time. Yeah, I think I want to see it one more time in theaters. And let's just try to enjoy the fact that not only we got a good Ghostbusters movie after 30 years or whatever, uh, we got a Ghostbusters movie. And it was fun. It was fun for the whole family. Yeah, we got toys. We got Jillian Holtzman. We got Jillian Holtzman. We got a lot of new merchandise. We got costumes coming out. And whether or not there's another live action movie coming up in two years or ten years, we they've got to animate a movie they're working on. And we've got Ghostbusters Ecto Force. So Ghostbusters is here uh, for the foreseeable future. And that's a good thing. Because as fans of this franchise, we all know that uh, it's not always here. Sometimes Ghostbusters is like a cousin that you don't see all the time. <laughs> and even when you try to call him, like his phone's dead. Yeah. And then your aunt's just like, well, we tried to call him too, well, but yeah, we, don't, from we him. don't know what's going on with he, him. He's Charlie. like, he's like, yeah, I'll be at Thanksgiving. And then he's not. And then he's like, well, I'll be at Christmas. Yeah. And then he's he just doesn't well. show up. And then sometimes he's like, well, where am I like, going you know, to production? production? I knew <laughs> he was teenage Dan Aykroyd. That's what I was imagining the entire time. Um, so yeah, Ghostbusters is back. I feel like I'm somber. Yeah. I'm a little sad. Maybe I should just get it off my chest. I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad that I'm sad because the movie's so friggin' good. Yeah. And I feel like there's a (laughs) lot of people who didn't see it. Now I'm not talking about like fans refusing to see it. I'm just talking about like families who just went and saw animated movies instead because Ghostbusters is like, even though it's a big brand, it's been out of the consciousness for so long that like, you know, movies are expensive and, there's only so much families are going to go see. And if you've got a family with young kids, maybe they'll go see uh, Secret Life of Pets or Finding Dory over the overseeing Ghostbusters. Right. Yeah, someone so. I work with told me they took their grandkids to go see Nine Lives the other day. And I was just like, what the oh, fuck? Wow. Like, why, what is, like, what in the fuck? Why would you not go see Ghostbusters? Find it <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those movies, cat. though, when it comes out on DVD, I think a lot of people, a lot of people are waiting for a DVD. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's coming out soon. We'll see. Yeah, we'll DVD see what should happens. be out in October. We should get a bunch of like deleted scenes and a director's cut. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can get uh, Mr. Paul Feig back on the podcast, and maybe we'll get some of those juicy behind-the-scenes secrets. Hear about some of the stuff that went on and making the movie. Because let's face it, let's get it all on the table. There was some trouble behind the scenes. There was probably some creative differences. Uh, maybe a little bit of a tug and pull, uh, pull and mm-hmm. tug. Yeah, a little reach around. A little reach around. A little back and forth. <laughs> Uh, between the studio and, and what Paul Feig wanted to do. And uh, I have a feeling that happens with most movies. We just – Ghostbusters was so heavily scrutinized that, uh, right. that you know, it, a lot of stuff came to the surface that maybe wouldn't have with other movies or franchises. But um, I loved it, and it was a really fun buildup leading to it and all the stuff we got to do. And uh, I don't think I would change that movie at all. Right. Know? Like yeah. – right. Like, if it's our little secret and our little B-side, then I guess I'm completely okay with that because I hold a lot of movies close to my heart like that that, you know, maybe not be 
would not be the majority favorite. So I think that... Hey, we can say this. Freaks and Geeks, for instance, like yeah. a similar deal. Only had one season. It was like a perfect show um, and has a cult following. So I think that Ghostbusters answer the call. I think that people will catch on to it. It'll catch fire later when it has its DVD release. And I think that families will see it and enjoy it and realize that all the shit that they heard was not true. And that it was just an awesome movie. Um, and that Jillian Holtzman is hilarious and inspiring, and that little girls want to dress up like her, and that's fucking awesome. So, Hey, and we can say something Star Wars fans can't. Every <laughs> Ghostbuster movie that's come out is good. <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah. we're three for three. That's true. And Star uh, Wars is yeah. four for seven. Hey. Four and a half for seven. So that's like okay. No, four for seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so cool. That's my stress. I feel like I just brought... After all that fun talk about scary clowns and isolation Guns. and being locked away. Yeah. Uh, we just got some. I never even really said what my biggest fear was. What is it? Um, Not being friends with y'all anymore. <laughs> 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 what That's do you what think I'm... it would be like if they, if they like, you ever, you ever just sit and think about like if characters from movies fell into other movies like we're sitting here talking about about that all the time Mm -hmm. we're sitting here like talking about how serious and how dark and scary it is and then you know you you talk about ghostbusters which also has like supernatural uh elements like what if those two worlds mixed it would be so weird yeah you know because like I don't know. Just Pennywise is so terrifying and then ghostbusters is just like yeah okay let's put you in this trap Okay, yeah. here's another what would one. Be like? I can see that. What if you were watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Okay. And, like, it's that parade scene where uh, Matthew Broderick's just singing Twist and Shout on the streets uh-huh. of Chicago. And then all of a sudden, Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker <laughs> shows up. And it's like, what's he doing here? That kind of thing? Is that what you guys are talking yeah, about? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I would turn it off uh, because anytime I see Hayden Christensen, Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, I'd just turn it off. And I would not stop. <laughs> I don't no. care about Ferris Bueller when you've got that kind of shit going on. Mm-hmm. Say no thank mm-hmm. you. By the way, I don't even like Ferris Bueller that much. I don't even know why I just brought that up. It's one of those movies people hold in really high regard, like The Breakfast Club, where I'm like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was all right. I thought you were going to say that the parade scene would uh, bust into uh, Ghostbusters, answer the call with the ghost. Uh, <laughs> the the so much parade. better. I feel like that is a lot better. So there's like all these like Macy's Thanksgiving parade from the 1920s balloons like coming down the street. And then like, here comes Ferris Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing that vest. Yeah, but it's still not that great a movie. It's still not that good. Ghostbusters is better. It would make answer the call worse if Matthew Broderick was involved because as we all know Matthew Broderick getting in a big budget franchise doesn't always pan out it doesn't yeah, no it doesn't <laughs> uh, Woo. God size doesn't matter size does matter who cares <laughs> so cool so that's my stress and uh <clears throat> Abigail hey you're next what's up Are you stressed I'm stressed I am stressed um there's real stress there's Ghostbusters stress there's costume stress which is Probably the number one thing on my plate right now, uh, similar to you, I have just decided to last minute tack on several costumes um, to my lineup. 
Uh, well, I've already uh, gotten pretty much everything for the um, RGB Gilbert suit. I've gotten the wig. I've trimmed the wig. It looks amazing. Um, I've got the bangs down for those of you who are worried that the bangs weren't there yet. Um, I got. I was worried. <laughs> if people were worried, I trimmed them. I'm very excited. Um, and so beyond that, I also um, decided to do a Jurassic Park costume. Uh, last year, we had a Jurassic Park meetup on Thursday, and it was like an official group. And there were so many Claire's and so many Ellie Sattler's. And uh, I think I might have been the only Lex. And uh, Craig, you were Tim. It was amazing. Uh, Jake, you were wearing, like, your safari, like, the khaki Mm -hmm. uh, employee uniform. It was a lot of fun. Um, So they're doing it again this year. And I am very excited. And I was kind of toying with the idea of doing just, like, a half-assed uh, JP whatever costume and then I was like no fuck that I'm gonna do a screen accurate uh, service employee uniform based off of the guy that drives the uh, the jeep um, like the pink like almost salmon colored uh, like collared golf shirt super 90s with khaki shorts and like a tan hat and Serengetis um, so I've gotten all of that and I've uh, applied my patches got the Jurassic Park patch for the hat for the shirt it all lines up I love the fuck out of it. Very excited about it. Um, But I decided literally like in the last 48 hours, I think, to do a last minute secret costume. Ooh, a secret. Secret costume, which I'm kind of stressed because it's like, I don't even know if I'm really supposed to like talk about it. Just talk about it. I don't want to say the, okay, it's a mashup. I'll say that. Oh, oh, everyone hates it already. Um, No. (laughs) Don't tell Chase. No. Uh, Chase knows. Um, what I'm trying to say is, I'll tell you half of it, because I, I guess I'll keep the other half a secret. So you can tell us one half of the mashup. Half the mashup, All yes. Right. Here we go. First half is Chucky from Child's Play. Oh, boy. Um, which we all know Abby hadn't seen for a long time. But I saw it, finally, over the last couple of days, after making this decision to do this costume, because I didn't want to be a giant piece of shit and show up in a Chucky costume and just have not seen Child's Play. Yeah. Um, it's like if I dressed up as a priest. I ain't never been to church. You better go to church. <laughs> you better go. Uh, Catholic church. Um, don't do that. So, uh, <laughs> Child's Play is fucked up, and here's what my stress is. It's a good movie. But when it comes to costuming, like, I usually choose to do costumes based on characters that I find inspiring, like, personally, like, Aaron Gilbert, or, like, last year, Jillian Holtzman, or before that, uh, Janine Melnitz, or I've done an Egon Spangler, um, or in some cases, the Jim Carrey Riddler, because I just like the flamboyance of it, and I understand Edward Nigma and, like, you know, being picked on or bullied, and, like, I just like that character. So there's parts of it that I identified with, um, and there's always that, like, serious connection that I have with my costume. Costumes. My costuming has been like, you know, it's part of my sobriety. It's part of my like, you know, um, my it's therapeutic for me. And um, it's part of my process. And I love getting in the zone and like, you know, getting in that flow and like, you know, laying down um, like gluing things and doing that meticulous process and all that kind of stuff. So when I'm doing it, I like to build towards something that's like meaningful towards me and that like inspires me to like write or like talk about, you know, I don't know. It just, I like to do it. I think I know where this is going. I'm doing Chucky and he's like a total piece of shit, like woman hating asshole, like villain, which I understand. It's like that I'm doing, I decided to do it, but I, I just kind of feel like a little bit like, like conflicted about it. Um, 
But overall, I love Child's Play, and I'm really glad that I watched it. But he definitely uses some, like, anti-femme language that I probably wouldn't want to be repeating on air. But I... He calls them all sluts. He calls them all sluts and bitches, and it's kind of, like, whatever, though. Catherine Hicks is in that movie. The mom from Seventh Heaven, Mrs. Camden. Big shout-out to her. Loved Seventh Heaven. (laughs) She listens. She listens. She listens. Um... Dude, well, she survives. So Charles Lee Ray, right? He's a serial killer. That's a great serial killer. It name. is a great serial killer name, and he becomes Chucky. They never say it, but let's face the fact: he probably did some unsafe. He did some R's. Some R's. We're he not did a couple say R's. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming. Because he doesn't just strangle. He has. I just whatever. I'm excited about the costume, and I got the wig, and I'm super pumped about it, and I'm glad that it's a secret. And can I even say that there's other people involved in this? There are. There's, Sounds like you just did. There could be many. There could be a lot. I don't Uh-oh. know. Hey, find out at Dragon Con. better be a Dragon Con. So, anyway, yeah, that's kind of stressing me out is the fact that I'm, like, spending all this time and money and effort doing a costume that, like, well, that opens up a good I discussion. don't identify with. Jake, you do, Yo. co- you do some costuming. I do a couple. You do a couple tiny costumes. <laughs> Let me ask you: Do you, when you're deciding to do a, a new costume for Dragon Con or anything like that, do you have a thought process of like this? These are the kinds I like to do, or is it just like, no, I want to do that because I think that's cool in this moment? Yeah, it's just it, it's usually based on what I'm excited about at that moment in time. Like, uh, you know how sometimes you might come back to a, an old movie you liked and you'll watch it and you'll kind of get re obsessed with it and you'll watch it a lot and you'll research it and everything. Sometimes when that happens, I'll be like, Oh, I got to do a costume from this. Get that itch. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's usually how some, how that happens for me. Right. No, I mean, it's meaningful. Right. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I'm like that too. But my problem is I, throughout the year, I talk about a million costumes that I'm going to do and I never do any of them, but not to hijack the stress. I forgot to mention one thing. Get it out there. Judge Reinhold's going to be a dragon. Mock trial with judge. Oh yeah. And usually the guests of Dragon Con are kind of like whatever. And like, listen, is Judge Reinhold like setting the world on fire right now in the in Hollywood? <laughs> I love him. No, he's not. But he was <laughs> at one point because he's awesome and he's funny. And Judge Reinhold kind of has a little bit of a Ghostbusters connection because he's one of his first movies was Stripes, directed by. I'll give you guys one guess. Mystery. Uh, Paul Feig. Paul Feig <laughs> from Ghostbusters. Uh, he's doing the Stripes reboot. And it's going to be uh, all women uh, in the army, but it's going to be the Afghanistan army. Okay. It's going to be um, it's going to be controversial. This stripes <laughs> reboot, uh, but no. So Ivan Reitman directed Stripes, and obviously Bill Murray and Harold Ramis are in that. And Judd Ra- Judd, Judge Reinhold is in that movie. And there's this one scene after they all get arrested after the uh, the famous mud wrestling scene, uh, where they come back to the barracks or whatever, and he's wearing. This shirt that says "Death Before Disco," it's a, it's like a sweatshirt, and I've always wanted that shirt my whole life. And when I found out Judge Reinhold was going to be there at Dragon Con, I decided I got to buy that shirt. I found somebody who made it. I got the shirt. It's very screen accurate. Now, Jake, here's my question. Okay. Are you ready? Let's hear it. I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna get my photo op. Do I get the sweatshirt signed and then just retire it and frame it? Or do you let Abby mm. wear it? Or do I just give it to Abby? You, it's going to get mustard I all over you, it. I think you, I don't know, uh, 
signed clothing is weird. It's hard to display. It takes up a lot of space if you want to frame it. What about just get the photo. Masks? Just get the photo, and then if you want something yeah. signed, get an eight by ten. What if I had like a like a rubber Judge Reinhold mask <laughs> that was given to me? <laughs> And he won. That I won. And then I got inside. Do uh, just throw it away. <laughs> Don't even think uh, that it might be a good idea. No, I, I think I'm gonna get something signed by Judge Reinhold. Probably like a Beverly Hills Cop eight by ten or something. What about yes. like your Gremlins Eey. DVD? Yeah, I get my Gremlins DVD. Uh, but he's such a piece of shit, dick asshole in well, Gremlins. Yeah, I, I know. Sign it as a piece of shit, dick. Yeah, I can't. I'm gonna go up to him and be like, hey. Thanks for almost ruining everything in Gremlins, <laughs> you jealous piece of shit. <laughs> Phoebe Cates is never going to date you, not in Gremlins or Fast Times at Ridgemont. <laughs> I think Judge Reinhold's entire purpose in life was to try to date Phoebe Cates fictionally, and that shit ain't going to happen. Now, oh, I she's, do... She's cute, though. He's got, like, the most famous scene in Fast Times at Ridgemont yep, High. Yeah, that's it. Where he's, you know... With the pool. He's playing with his he's little gizmo. pirate hat. He's got his uh, gizmo out. So there, but I can't wait to meet him. I I very I usually don't get that excited about like the guests at Dragon Con because there's never really people I really want to meet. But on top of all that, we found out that Joey Fatone Whoa, and Chris, Chris Kirkpatrick, Kirkpatrick from Insync. We were almost in sync there. We we were almost in sync there. Uh, well, we grew up on the back streets. By the way, it's like 98 degrees Whoa, out right now. Oh, it's like a new um, millennium. Oh, town. Oh, that we live Jesus. In. Did you guys rehearse that? No, but that was good. I've got about five <laughs> yeah. more of those. Five more of those. That's it. That's By the way, we have some new kids on the block, and um, uh, I think LFO. I'm out. I'm, I'm done. done. An LFO. There you go. Uh, no, so we're going to get some Backstreet Boys or NSYNC people at Dragon Con. I'm not going to meet them. I will not give Joey Fatone $40 for his autograph. No, I'll see him at, at Farmer's Basket down at the food court. <laughs> Wasn't wasn't he at uh, Knoxville two years ago and like he was alone at his table? Yeah, oh, we saw him. alone at his table. The, the new hit song. <laughs> Is that the name of his book? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, and how oh, to get solo a, album in a Geico commercial? Yeah, thank, thank you. Why goatees and boy bands just don't mix? They don't. Um, not while you're in them, not when you were once in them. I was thinking about getting a Lou Pearlman shirt made and just <laughs> wearing it at DragonCon. Just to remind them how like he Whew. embezzled all of their money and probably molested them. Yes. Oh, boy. You that- know what to do. <laughs> that was the story, right? Oh, we shouldn't oh, tell that. God. That's not... Well, before Abby NSF gets back to her stress, there's a there's a Netflix documentary about the Backstreet Boys that everyone just, just needs to go watch go immediately. Go see it for yourself. Um, you can fill in the blanks. So yeah, that's a little bit more Dragon Con stress for me, but I'm excited yeah. about Judge Reinhold. Jake, I should just ask you while on this topic, are there any guests at Dragon Con that you're excited for this year? Um, dude, I haven't even really looked. I know um fucking Scully from X Files is gonna be there. Ah, What's yeah, her name? Yeah. Uh, Jillian David Anderson Duke is gonna Co- be there. No. <laughs> oh, no. Uh but I, I don't think there's anybody um I don't think there's anybody that I'm like, you know, going for an autograph for or anything. So whatever. Okay. Katie Sackoff. Yeah, it's I don't need that autograph. Well, it's always weird to drunk on. Like I look at the guest list like a million times, and then you get there, and there's all these people. You're like, I didn't know that person was gonna be here. Right. I didn't know that person was gonna be here. You know, usually, um, usually uh, I spend more time like in the art room, and uh, um, William Stout is there every year, and he's uh, he's an artist. He does a lot of uh, monster drawings, Godzilla, dinosaurs, stuff like that. He he was. Um, he did a lot of work 
for Steven Spielberg for Jurassic Park. Oh, wow. Uh, he did a lot Wait, of uh, yeah. concept uh, logo ideas and stuff like that. And he, um, he did that, like, the animated series that never yep, came into he, being. He yeah, he did all images. the artwork for the Ooh, animated series. I would series. pay money to touch those pictures. I want, <laughs> He did some drawings of, like, Lex that I really like. Yeah, I actually asked him about those uh, last year because he... Those went up for sale. All that artwork went for sale, and it was really expensive. I, bet, I remember yeah. that. And then at the convention, uh, I, I I I buy some stuff from him every year. I always stop by and talk to him. Yeah. And uh, I asked him. I was like, "Hey, man, do you happen to have prints of any of that Jurassic Park stuff?" And he was just like, "It sold so quick. It all sold to one person." And uh, he said that he never even made prints of any of it but he did oh. say that there's a lot more material uh that they had filmed uh, a lot more artwork he just doesn't have the rights to uh you know put it out there right. yet he didn't have permission so but it's in his possession he's got some other stuff so yeah. here's what we have to do guys we have to like become really good friends with him and start right. hanging out and yeah. show up at his house and then i think the thing we really missed out on is, on a Jurassic park animated series in the early 90s was Whatever the theme song would have been, dude. I'm gonna write. Let's write it. Well, let's what I'm thinking it. is, it would be just lyrics put to the Jurassic Park theme. It's Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, it would be something like that. It's Jurassic. Yeah, dude, we're recording that. Okay, we're so gonna that we're gonna write good. that. That was before. good. Was that strong? Cut could yeah. be strong. That was pretty strong. And then so there could be the part, <laughs> like, uh, "Welcome to Jurassic Park." The sitcom. <laughs> Is it a sitcom? <laughs> it's a cartoon. It's, it's, it's got to be funny. It's it the probably 90s. Been, there would have been adventures. It's like I feel like one of the dinosaurs would have been talking. At some oh, point. for sure. Yes. One of the dinosaurs is their friend. And, yeah. Yeah. I What's like it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, mm. They do travel in herds. Mm. <laughs> to McDonald's. Hey, it's the 90s. We're hungry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now that I've diverted, every, now yes. that we're in the Divergent series right. of films, I'm good. Abigail. Well, I don't Do you know have any more stress? Divergent, but we're all over the place. Uh, just I'm trying to tie it loosely. Um, we I saw Suicide Squad, and I think that Jai Courtney might have been my favorite part. So I'm like, what the fuck, y'all? That is stressful because he ruined Terminator Genesis, and I thought he was a gigantic block of wood in that movie. And how in the fuck does he have, like, the most personality? And am I, like, am I attracted to him? I don't know. It's bizarre. <laughs> I'm, like, finding myself laughing at his parts during this movie, and I was noticing that, like, fucking uh, Captain Boomerang was getting the biggest uh, crowd reaction. It was crazy. Uh, so that just stressed me out because... Like, how much shit have I talked about him on this podcast? And I'm just watching him, and I'm just dazzled. Because Suicide Squad had a lot going on, and not all of it was good. And he was one of the better parts, and I think that's stressful. So that's now, my stress. Well, he, here's my question, Abby. Yeah. So is it is it because he's only had bad parts up until now? Um, and, you know, maybe for once he was allowed to have a little more fun in a role. The, is that the reason you enjoyed him? Or was Suicide Squad just so fucking bad that the Such best part of it was Lisa Jai Frank Courtney. abortion that, <laughs> that Jai Courtney was the best part? Yeah, the know. man the man whose sole purpose is to throw boomerangs at things. Hey, hey, we're going to put together this big team of really special, <laughs> you know, people with amazing abilities to do these 
things that that the good guys can't do. Hey, let's put the guy who throws fucking boomerangs on. Hey, the but team. he's got that stuffed animal they never explain. Yeah, for don't real. Don't ever let them explain them that. Point, as much right? as you think it's a cool like plot hey, device, they're I don't not know gonna... about you guys, but. That's not going to stop any bullets. I've been pining after a really good boomerang my entire life. Do you know how cool those are? You throw them and they come back. So is that what happens? <laughs> that's what. Ha- well, that's how they work. No, okay. well, the ones you bought as a kid, those plastic ones, like the lime green plastic boomerang, like you just throw it into the ocean, but it just it's just gone. It's definitely my favorite ocean. superpower. I was a kid, I'd be like, uh, "What's your boomerang?" You want to fly, invisibility, nope, boomerang. I wish in the instructions for those it said that you had to throw it over an ocean for it to work. So <laughs> therefore, every kid would just automatically lose them. Yeah, the uh, and then yep. you, you throw it, it hits Why the not? ocean, and then all of a sudden that guy from Back to the Future 2 appears. He's like, you know that boomerangs don't work over water unless you got power. <laughs> oh, so anyway, so well, let's talk about it. We all saw Suicide Squad. That was the last big. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, it's making a ton of money. Yes, it's making right. so much money. I think the lead up to the movie, like my, the, I thought, the general opinion um, leading up to the movie being released was that oh, it looks pretty good. Like people are excited about it. We didn't really hear any behind the scenes like negativity. There's a lot that kind of came out as the movie was released. Like oh, there's all these like competing cuts and weird edits and. They filmed a lot of stuff with Jared Leto that didn't make the final he movie. Pulled a lot of pranks that lot. didn't make the movie. Yeah, Jared Leto's <laughs> method acting. His method acting didn't make uh, the cut. Fuck method acting. What is that? Meth acting. Meth acting. <laughs> he needed his teeth fixed. Ah, oh, I wanted to hear him better. It's the same complaint I had with like the bat flick. I just felt like the a lot of the like dialogue was muffled and confused for me. Like lines that you needed to hear to move the plot along, like you missed. But then again, the plot was just I don't know what was happening most of the time. So I'm not sure that hearing more from the Joker would have well, fixed things. We're not gonna do like a, a scene by scene breakdown. I'm assuming everybody who's listening to the podcast has probably either read about Suicide Squad or seen it. The movie has a lot of issues, but it's not all bad but there's a lot of like but even the stuff that's good is like is it good or are we just trying to find some good it's like an all marshmallow cereal which is like not unlike that was the image they released with that imax special ticket like it was a it was a cool image like a big bowl of like marshmallow cereal like the little marshmallows were all the different like emoticons or like whatever the fuck like the little images um that jesus christ them. you're saying it's cool but as you describe it i'm like what the I'm like fuck? what is this what is yeah happening? that's what it, that's what it feels that's like what, watching suicide yes Club. It's like a big, it's like a lot of cotton candy. Like, there's moments where you're like, oh my god, this is great, I'm having all this sugar, things are, like, endorphins are getting released, but, like, you just feel sick and nauseous, and you know it wasn't good for you in the end. So, that's kind of how I felt. I'm sure David Ayer would love to hear this conversation. I'll say, I'll say this, out of the three, uh, you know, DC Universe films that are out right now, Suicide Squad, I think, was, was the most enjoyable. Um, It it did have... You know, there were some there were some funny moments. There were there were some, you know, like legitimately entertaining things to look at here and there, but uh <laughs> but dude, DC they they're in some trouble. They they've had three tries and they're not it's not getting better. I don't know what the issue is, uh <laughs> but I feel like at this point Marvel 
I feel like the people at Marvel are just like, we're not even going to watch DC anymore. I feel like when Batman yeah. v Superman Dawn of Justice was coming out, that maybe everyone at Marvel was like kind of holding on to their seats and they were like, all right, let's go see this movie. Let's see what's happening. Let's see if they're going to catch up with us. They walked out of that probably laughing. And I think at this point, they're just like, whatever. Who yeah. DC, yeah. whatever. So this is like, so Marvel makes really good comic book movies. Like, they're like really good grilled cheese sandwiches, okay? And DC's okay. like, we want to make some grilled cheese sandwiches. We're not going to cook them, though. We're just going <laughs> to use the country crock and spread it over the shitty gas station bread. Oh, is our bread gonna... a little moldy? Oh, it's okay. Is yeah. it? And it's we'll just put a bunch of off-brand cheese in and there. And sugar on it for no reason. And Will Smith. Will Smith's going to be in there. And Will Smith. So here's the thing. So, so the build-up uh, to this movie... A lot of it was character-driven, right? This was going to be, you know, the first time we ever saw Harley Quinn uh, in a film. And this was going to be the first time we've seen Joker since 2008. And obviously Heath Ledger was the last person to portray the Joker. So there's there's a lot to... Yes, rest in peace. Uh, We need you now more than ever, Heath. Uh, (laughs) Do we? You know, this is a lot to live up to. Uh, We knew Batman was going to have a cameo. So anytime Batman's on the big screen, it's a big deal. Um, and we knew Will Smith was in it and Will Smith being in a summer blockbuster is usually a good recipe, right? So there was a lot of like interest going into it. And then the trailers started coming out and you started getting that feeling like, wow, this looks a lot different than Batman V Superman. This doesn't look as, as dark and brooding. It looks kind of fun and it looks like it's going to be over the top and it's kind of like music was good. Yeah. The music of the the trailer was good. And it kind of felt like. Escape from New York, and it kind of felt like you know Guardians of the Galaxy, and it kind of felt like something we haven't seen before. Oof. And then you sat down to watch the movie, and you realized, oh, the reason why it kind of felt like all those things is because this movie has no idea what it is or what it wants to be. Right, the people who right. cut those trailers cut the first, they did like a recut of the movie and edited the entire thing so that it had that highly stylized... Oh my god, how many fucking times could they change the sound or the track, like the song? Um, it felt like in just an insane jukebox like switch and um I just felt like if you're gonna give like Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn has come out and said that he like that he was listening to those songs and he had a larger list of music that he listened to and narrowed down and was inspired by specific tracks to write specific scenes and that's why it all matches up so beautifully and when you hear like Blue Swede playing when uh, Star-Lord's getting zapped um, like you know when he's being taken into uh, prison or whatever like it's that like ironic juxtaposition of like a positive happy pop song to a tragic moment of like watching like a really good person being taken down and you're like it just stings and it in it and you feel it and you're like oh this is his song and this is you identify that track with him and then when you listen to it later it's like you remember that scene well i feel like the i feel like suicide squad wanted those moments to happen but like the with there was so much add behind like the the changing of the song that like there were there never had enough time to like breathe and like let um like that you don't own me that song that plays when um harley quinn comes on like it that was a nice moment but like that you had so many introductions happening and so many track changes that it was like all over the place and that's good for a trailer but it's not good for a whole movie yeah and you can just see like you know when james gunn's making guardians of the galaxy he is not taking shit from anybody including marvel and he's like no i'm the creator i'm gonna be the visionary on this one and i'm gonna make my decisions and here's the reasoning behind those decisions, and this is why it's going to work. 
I imagine that David Ayer, who's a good filmmaker, he's made good movies like End of Watch, awesome movie. I imagine that Warner Brothers in DC had their hands in there the entire time. And they had two in the pink and one in the stink the entire time. <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> David Ayer with the oh. shocker. What is happening? I don't know what, what happened. Are we, what are we, I... 16 years old? It's, it's Harley Quinn. We're talking about it. a comic book film here. I'm just looking at, I'm sorry. And it wasn't well reviewed. You know, that's it. I'm sorry. And the Rotten Tomatoes Guys, I apologize. Score, uh, <laughs> no, but but I could just see them just fucking with it. And just, and just, instead of focusing on making a good film, they're trying to correct whatever mistakes were made in Batman v Superman. And here's the thing. I came out of Suicide Squad and my initial reaction was, Hey, I think I really liked a lot of it, or I liked enough of it to warrant saying that was a good movie. I enjoyed myself because I did laugh and I did like some of the performances. Yes. And I think if if Jared Leto was really given a chance to just let loose, and the thing is, the movie it feels like a Suicide Squad movie that has like a trailer for the Joker movie kind of interlaced throughout it. I never really got a feeling. Like, the Joker was actually part of the storyline. or was re- just texting. Yeah, it was just weird. I was like, this is one of the most iconic... You could make a Joker and Harley Quinn movie and probably make just as much money as you are with this movie. And yes. it, when it coming, and I thought Will Smith did a good job in this movie, too. And you know the scene where Will Smith gets caught by Batman? Right. Like, yeah. that, that whole scene? I was like, why isn't this a movie? Why didn't they just do a, a, a solo Deadshot movie about him being brought to justice yeah. by Batman. That yeah, would be they, they, a more they interesting might as, movie. Yeah, dude, they might as well have yeah. because, like, they make a movie, they, they, they market this movie as a Suicide Squad, it's all the villains and everything, and then you get to the actual movie and it is basically the Will Smith, uh, it, it's basically the Deadshot and Harley Quinn show. Like, all the other characters, all the other members of the Suicide Squad are background characters some yeah, of them basically. some of them some of them don't even talk some of them don't talk some of them get you know one sentence of like they're literally getting on the helicopter at one point and katana shows up and they're like oh hey guys that's katana she has a yep. sword like that's her that's what she gets yeah uh, it became like comedic how little she was interacting and i don't understand of one of they spent a lot of time oh so they spent a lot of time and money, I imagine, making uh, practical effects for Killer Croc. Like, that Ooh. dude's actually... Mr. Echo. That yes. Du- Mr. Echo, And yep. build a church. That dude's actually wearing prosthetics, and it looks great. He looks really cool. Uh, yeah. A lot of times, you know, these days, they would just CGI that. So they spent all that time, whatever... And then they just throw him in the fucking background the whole movie. He gets three lines of dialogue that you can barely understand. Yeah. Uh, I was, dude, I was so bummed with Killer Croc. Yeah. That's the whole movie. Just the whole movie's like that. Yeah. So bummed. And it's almost, the movie's almost really good multiple times. (laughs) <laughs> like there's, like it'll ramp up. You're like, oh, this is getting good. This is getting right. interesting. And then it's just like a deflating balloon. And it's, and it sucks because the movie spent a lot of time introducing those characters. The movie took 20 minutes to do what Guardians of the Galaxy did in about 45 seconds, right. which is give backstory, pick a poignant moment from Peter Quill's life, like 
show that he was, you know, at school being bullied because he was sticking up for a little animal that didn't hurt nobody. And then show that flash where he looks at Rocket Raccoon's back and sees the scars. And you understand that, like, he's, even though he's gotten into some shit and, yeah, they're all getting put in the in lockdown, like, they're good people. And he has, like, I, I fucking love that movie. Like, I could talk about it. But it, it happens all in a matter of seconds and moments in a really well done movie. And in a movie like this where there's so much exposition and background and there's literally text, like, a poster board on the screen constantly in that first like you know whatever 20 minutes where you meet everybody it's just exhausting like yeah and as you're meeting all these people i'm like i don't want to meet these people these people seem like they suck yeah like i want to meet other (laughs) harley was interesting oh we're about to get her and titillating and there's definitely like a lot to look at with her and yeah her introduction was i guess one of the better ones i feel we're about to talk a lot about harley quinn and joker i want to say one thing to my buddy ryan dole he's probably gonna give me so much shit because when we got out of the movie i texted him and i was on you know when you're in a movie theater with like whatever four or five hundred people and people are laughing and it's opening night you get all caught up in the the emotion of it and i texted him because he hadn't seen it yet, and I was like, I liked it a lot. It's better than Civil War. I take it back. It's not better than Civil War. I didn't War. know you said that. I said that. I, I felt can't... bad. Oof. I feel bad. I'm so. That's a deal breaker. I'm so sorry, Robert Downey but Jr. But we also love Ryan. And we do love Ryan. I get it's it. not better than Civil War. It's. I don't even know if it's better than Batman v Superman. I don't know what it's better it's than. It's better. It's much more enjoyable than Batman v Superman. It's but way it's not... more. I would say it's. More... it's... Go ahead. I was going to say, I enjoy it more, but I don't think it's a better movie. I don't think it's a better movie than most movies I've ever seen. (laughs) I was going to say, maybe the the best way to word it is that it's more tolerable than Batman versus Superman. (laughs) I can can maybe sit through this movie again. I I would watch this movie again. It's a turd, but it's covered in like a nice candy coating. Ew, that's the grossest thing you've ever seen. disgusting? I'm really Dude, sorry. Like I just skittles turd. Guys, this is me, gross. So for like for a minute, <laughs> let me. <laughs> I grossed Jake out. <laughs> let's let's talk about maybe one of the biggest problems with this movie. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't make any. Okay, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Uh, so first of all, like, let me. Oh, let me that's ask... the biggest problem. The movie no. doesn't make sense. Well, let, well, let me ask you a question. Why? Why is there a suicide? Why do they put the Suicide Squad together? I don't know. <laughs> There's n- absolutely no reason for it. I just in case it's like you, okay. Uh, so it, it's right? such a weird. When you see the trailers uh, for Suicide Squad, you imagine like, oh, something happened where they need these people. Something is happening. We don't know why, but they need them for a specific reason. So the movie starts. She's like, I'm going to put the squad together. But she doesn't she, – she, her reason is like, what if Superman goes bad? If Superman goes bad, we need a team of bad guys to fight him. He's dead. I don't, yeah. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's fucking dead. He's fucking uh, dead, bro. Um, but it, it, it's like, okay, so then you also find out at one point that she, uh, you know, she has had direct contact, like, with Batman. Why – why doesn't she just put like? Why doesn't she just try to put a team of good guys together? Yeah, yeah. Like, Don't get she me started on that. Bat- she knows Batman. She knows who Aquaman is. She gives Batman like, uh, she gives Bruce Wayne, you know, uh, uh, a stack of papers on metahumans. She knows 
she has been tracking them. But, oh, instead of putting the ones together, instead of trying to basically make the Justice League, she does the opposite. Like, why? Why put the bad Dude, guys together? Here's the question. Because why? A, why does she know Bruce Wayne is Batman? Right. Why is Batman the greatest detective in the world depending on, like, getting some documents to find Aquaman? Like, I'm the greatest detective in the world. I live in the shadows. I have a secret identity. I'm a vigilante. I need those documents, though. Let's go have a meeting at a a restaurant. Let's go meet at the Joe's Crab Shack so I can get those documents from you. (laughs) What the fuck? Right. Uh, like they are botching like Ben Affleck they all have Batman, laptops they can just email him Ben Affleck Shit. as Batman should be a home run he makes good movies like yeah. he's a like but they're fucking he looks it. good every yeah. single one of them they look good in the roles like oh. it doesn't make any fucking sense dude he's a terrible so, detective in this universe <laughs> yeah. he, he really is but here this might even be he's a like worse thing a little though. spy kit that he bought at Toys R Us yeah <laughs> Little binoculars and shit. Um, but but maybe even worse than that not making sense. So the villain in this movie is a member of the Suicide Squad. Yes. It's like it's like, hey, we have to put this squad together. Oh, this is Enchantress. She does what I say because I have her heart. Oh, she escapes, she gets her heart back, and now she's the villain. That's such a weird thing. Like you put this team together to stop things from happening, and immediately, because you stole this heart of this, you know, creature, and it, and you're kind of keeping it hostage. That creature is now your villain. Would yeah, that have yeah. happened? Would that and have happened if you didn't try to put the squad together? Right, right. So you know when the movie was like being advertised, like it kind of felt like the whole movie was going to be them going after the Joker, and the Joker was going to be the main threat. Yeah, and then maybe Harley Quinn would have to make like a choice. Hmm. Doesn't that sound like a much better movie? Yeah, yeah wasn't that the bit. whole thing? Yeah, exactly. Like apparently, there's like a much more empowered, better version of Harley out there that makes her own decisions. And like, I thought that was the entire point of like one of the runs or, or most of uh, the suicide squad in comic version like that she decides to leave the joker and join up with the squad which she kind of like makes the decision to to stick with them but but no like then he ends up coming back and getting her and then yeah like breaks her out in the very very end yeah like prison. What? all right let's just talk about it. let's get on harley quinn because that's what everybody that's what the people want. Well, the people That's what do the people want to want. get on her. I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. Physically. I don't have much of a frame of reference for Harley Quinn. Obviously, I know from Batman the Animated Series, she's extremely popular in the world of like comic books and costuming, and guys love her. It's like the old... It's what Kevin Nash used to say about the top wrestlers. The girls... What is it? The girls want to be her... And the guys want to be with her? Is that what it is? They hate something you like they that. Hate you. It's something like something that. Like I don't know. Yeah. Everybody loves Harley Quinn. I really could give a fuck about Harley Not Quinn. Not everybody does. A I... lot of people like Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people do. So that's my frame of reference going into it. I will say, I thought Margot Robbie did a pretty good job at playing that version of that character, but definitely disjointed and almost like, at sometimes, like, she seemed like an independent badass who was just, like, kicking ass and taking names and not giving a fuck about anything. And then, like, the next scene, 
like getting texts from the Joker. Yeah, it was just it was confusing. I was like, man, I want to see. Listen, I'm not one of these like I don't know what I am. All I know is it should have been better. The whole movie should have been better, and Harley Quinn might have been the best part, but she should have been better, too. I think Abby probably can articulate what I'm trying to say. Let's hear it. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel basically like I went into this movie knowing that, like, I've, I haven't read a lot of, um, the, of Harley Quinn in comics. I've read about the comics, like, um online and i've watched batman the animated series i watched it while it was on television and i've gone back and watched it in recent months actually um gotten kind of back into it watching it like on youtube and um harley quinn on the animated series is not annoying and she is smart and empowered and cool and i definitely was into her um when she was out like in the beginning like back in the day when i watched it um the version of Harley Quinn that's, like, emerged from the comics and I guess from, like, the, the video games is, like, kind of a highly stylized and fetishized version of her. And I have always been kind of turned off by that. And when I went and read a little bit about, like, Mad Love, which is, like, one of the featured comic stories between her and the Joker, and her origin story, I didn't really like some of the parts of, like, her storyline, just her origin story of, like, her sacrificing and giving up basically a really good job as a you know psychoanalyst um at a like a psychiatric ward because she has fallen in love with a like a dude basically and she is willing to sacrifice what everything she has for what is an unhealthy relationship and to me that's kind of fucked up and that's kind of like ariel from the little mermaid who i also have a weird and complex relationship with like wondering whether or not she's pro femme or not because in a way it's like she does make the decision to give up her voice to the sea witch and in a way harley quinn give makes the decision to give up her sanity so to speak and like her the life that she's built before the joker because she's in love with him um so i can kind of just at her core like i don't i don't necessarily know if like i don't know if it's pro femme to be like oh yeah she makes the decisions uh, she made these decisions, and that is, uh, like, feminism in, in and of itself, the fact that she's making the choice, so, like, whatever, pro-choice. But if I don't agree with those, that's not my decision to make for her. So is Harley Quinn just this thing, this enigma that, like, I know that girls are into her, and I know that she represents something that is, like, very attractive. Like, I see uh, – there was an article that you – that Craig pointed my, uh, in my direction earlier today about um, – Harley Quinn versus Jillian Holtzman as a role model and as, like, a Halloween costume for young girls. And I think that's, like, a very valid point and thing to look at. Um, I'm not going to ever have any fucking kids, and I don't really, like, I don't think about kids that often, but I do think about young girls, and I, in a, not in a weird or creepy way, let's not, like, make jokes, because I do care about female empowerment, and I think it's important. I think it's awesome that Jillian Holtzman is out there. I would probably be a little bit worried if I had a daughter and if she was dressing up like Harley Quinn in some ways, but then again, I wouldn't bring her around. I don't want to give a fuck because I want to be a cool mom. <laughs> like if I'm going to be a fictional mom right now, I want to be a cool one. I want to be a fictional mom. And support mom. my fictional daughter's dreams and be like, you can wear whatever you want and do whatever you want. But I don't fucking know. None of this has anything to do with Margot Robbie's performance because she was captivating and she was the one of the better parts of the movie. And I liked certain parts of it. I really liked when she was bartending and kind of like psychoanalyzing everyone. And I liked when she was talking to Diablo and she was like, you know, own that shit or whatever, even though his backstory was like super weak and kind of like fucking had a lot of plot holes and weird things about it. Um, I liked her 
And I think that she's a sex symbol, and that's, like, something that's such a weird, like, I don't know. It's a it's a, it's a a dicey thing. Like, I don't want to ever be, a, a, like, a, a, like, a feminist or a female who's going to, like, tear down another woman's ideal or thing that inspires her or that makes her want to do her thing. So, you know, if that's, if Harley Quinn is your girl and that's who you want to dress up as, like, more power to you, it's not necessarily my thing, and I think that she was one of the better parts of this movie, and I'm still confused, because, like, even I'm attracted to Margot Robbie. She's fucking beautiful. And Harley Quinn, like, I get it. I like that she was able to kick ass in this movie, but, like, I still feel a bit weird being able to see as much of her ass as I did as she was kicking the ass. I didn't mind it. I, uh... I didn't mind that ass. Um, yeah. Margot Robbie was really good in the movie, and she did as much as you could do with that character, given these circumstances, and... Um, I would watch more of her as Harley Quinn. I think the crux of that article that Abby was referencing earlier was a lot of teenage girls love Harley Quinn because they love the way she looks and they want to dress up like that. And that in itself is probably She's okay. like Kim Kelly. Yeah, She's like yeah. girl. But the problem is, you know, the character of Harley Quinn is based, you know, it's it's somebody just sacrificing everything for this fucked up dude and is that I feel o- like she has an unfinished story arc like I feel like almost like I wish there was I don't know in some way I guess maybe maybe there's comics that someone could point me in the direction of but like maybe there maybe she's using and wielding her like badass power which that's the thing about this movie in particular like so she drops into like the uh, the acid or whatever and she like she just comes out with like perfect makeup and like I don't know what the other <laughs> powers are like that was ba- my problem the bat like like how is she I know she's obviously super strong but like I don't know the whole metahuman thing like what are the powers like how much like I don't know with so I much think that explanation depends. Sorry, I think that depends you. on what you're uh, what you're watching or what you're. I, I, I'm pretty sure in the original animated series she didn't have any powers. She was just crazy and she was with the Joker. You know what I mean? Right. I don't think the Joker didn't have powers. He's just right. no. a fucking but insane that, guy. That kind of goes back to the original question of why, if why, if they're organizing the Suicide Squad and like she's one of the worst people in the world, like what? Why? What is so? Like, you know, it's like, why is she... Yeah, why put her on the team? Like, Deadshot is, like, an expert marksman, and then these other people are metahumans. One guy's on fire, one guy's a goddamn crocodile. There's a... a, Why her? Yeah, why? Dude, there's a scene in the movie where Amanda Waller just decides to shoot, like, ten people with amazing accuracy. And I'm like, wait, why aren't you on the fucking Suicide Squad? Because you can do... Harley Quinn probably couldn't do that. Right. No. It's weird. Like the 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 word that kept coming to my head was disjointed, and that's what the movie feels like. It feels like there's some good characters and some good performances that are just surrounded by a shitty movie and a right. decent storyline that just gets really muddled up. And like literally halfway through the movie, I remember looking at Abby and I was like, "Hey, do you know what's happening?" And she's like, "I don't know what's happening." No, not a, exactly. <laughs> um, and then and then all of a sudden. Uh, fucking Diablo turns into a giant fire god or something and somehow speaks the same language as the other gods in the movie and I don't know it doesn't make any sense that's Spanish yeah was it just Spanish (laughs) yes Uh, and then it became Ghostbusters but wait were they just I I thought that they were speaking like a made up ancient language or something I was being yeah I was just kidding (laughs) oh I don't know I didn't know it was actually I don't know if I can speak Spanish I don't know 
Yeah, I don't uh, know that shit. Now there was legitimately like been. four Ghostbusters references in the movie. They're all gonna escape me right now. There was an it's there's a Miller Time reference. Yep. Um, there's the obvious like uh, terror dog breaking up at the end, like when oh right when he the, go, when Enchantress becomes when normal becomes again, her cute self again. Um, there was like one part where they're going up the stairs and they kind of make a rev- like a joke very similar to. Maybe they weren't Ghostbusters yeah. references. Maybe I I think just... everything's a Ghostbusters reference. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, this... you know that It's Miller Time reference probably was just referencing the It's Miller Time thing. Yeah, and like, God damn it, Jake, don't take it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm driving down the street and I, like, see, like, a like a road sign. Oh, total Ghostbusters reference. You see can just marshmallows and the... Oh, God, <laughs> Ghostbusters Dude, God, Publi- at Publix today, they were just referencing Ghostbusters. Did you guys see those crunch bars? Dude, there were just, yeah, there were so many um, Twinkies. Well, let's talk about before we wrap up. Let's talk about Jared Leto real quick because uh, going into the movie, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be polarizing. It's going to be a good performance, but people aren't going to be get, be able to get past his look." And like as I was watching it, I was like, "I don't really care about the way he looks. I'm not sure that this is a good performance." Like I'm, I, I, and it could have been that he wasn't allowed to develop. I just kept thinking back to the Dark Knight, the way they introduced the Joker in that opening scene. And when you see his face for the first time, it was like chill inducing. And you just like were like, oh, my God, this is like on another level. And I just didn't get that at all from Jared Leto in this film. What was what was I think what was throwing me off the most is that um, the Joker, even though the Joker and Harley Quinn have always kind of been together, it's always been a very weird uh, maybe abusive kind of relationship. The Joker never really has seemed to care about Harley Quinn as much as uh, she cares about him. And then in this movie, it seemed as if they like genuinely wanted to be with each other and he was going to great lengths to <laughs> get to her. And, and it just seemed, it seemed weird and out of character for the Joker. Like there's a cut scene where it's just Joker hanging out with his boys. He's like, guys, it's just you know, I really like her. Like I, just I would really do. Like her. <laughs> like, yeah, the bat signal's not a beeper. <laughs> that, like, was, so, that was weird to me. That was weird up. to me, and I don't think we 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 had enough of him to really judge whether or not that's a it's a good portrayal or not. There's you know, it was, all, it was so little. We know they hung out in like Orlando or like Miami or something. That, that, oh, that, that club was it, scene. But it felt yeah. like Miami Vice or something crazy, right? Here's the thing. There's certain characters that are larger than life characters. If I am watching a movie that has the Joker and Batman in it, I want to be watching a movie about Batman and the Joker. I don't need, save like maybe a post credit scene with Batman, but if you're going to show me clips of Batman fighting the Joker... I don't give a fuck about El Diablo and I don't care about Enchantress or any of them. I want to see Batman and the Joker. What about Rick Flag? I definitely don't <laughs> care about Rick Flag. Katana, Slip. What about Slipknot, guys? Oh. <laughs> just a, there to get shot. Just, he had a great. Did they play yeah. Slipknot while that happened? Uh, probably. It, probably. And then they changed they the song. They should have. Yeah. It, the, the song went by so quickly. Uh, but do you, do you guys get what I'm saying? Like, it's like I don't. Yeah, need... the last thing I want to see the Joker do is like 
send text messages to Harley Quinn. <laughs> like, oh my god, just saying it out loud is like infuriating. I can't believe it happened. It's just the weirdest it's choice to like, you know, to we're gonna put the Joker it. in the movie. That's what we're gonna have him do. Yeah, you want right. to see him. You want to see him putting pencils through people's eyes and just yeah. being weird and crazy. And and hey, whenever they build up a scene to where okay, so we're gonna get one cool intense scene of the Joker. Uh, going crazy on this guy because, you know, he said something weird about Harley Quinn. But, oh, let's actually show it off. Let's not show it and just do it off screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like when he kills man. that dude in the club or whatever, you don't well, dude, see it. I, like, well, I don't even know what right. happened. Dude, apparently this movie at one point was going to be rated R, and it probably should have been. Like, what? The thing about the Joker, what makes the Joker scary is that he's unhinged and he can do anything and he can surprise you, and he'll go further than you would even expect it. And the Joker in this movie does not ever cross that he line. He spends a lot of time, like, building meticulous, uh, structured, like, OCD weaponry designs around himself in that one bedroom scene. That's like, it's right. a cool shot that, like, backs away from him, but, like, it's kind of a nonsensical thing. It's like Zack Snyder got involved somehow. Yeah. It was like, let's let's focus let's on fixate. all the wrong parts. Right, right, exactly. Because I don't know if you guys have ever seen End of Watch, which is a David Ayer movie that I really like. It's really good, and it's gritty, and it's violent, and it's action-packed, and it's, it's a good cop movie. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting that in this movie, and I feel like... They botched it. Yeah. Well, what can you do? It's, hey. it's making a ton of money. Yep. You know, you, you mentioned earlier that um, it, it seems like maybe the studio were doing a little, like, tug and pull here and there. And and I feel like that's something that's happening a lot with these kind of movies. And it and it's not new. You know, that's why, that's why like, Spider-Man 3 was so bad. Because like the these movies get popular and they do they do very well and it gets to a point where the studios get so scared of letting the directors you know just kind of do what they want to do that they try to like you know this has to happen this has to happen change this make this this and that's when the fucking movies turn to shit right but it sucks because what's the incentive too many cooks. yeah there's too many cooks in the kitchen like Abby just said what's the incentive for them to not do that. Because Suicide Squad's made half a billion dollars worldwide. And Batman v Superman made almost a billion dollars worldwide. And that doesn't include DVD sales. So, like, what DC has done in these past couple movies, they've proven that you can release an underwhelming movie that does not get critically reviewed well and still make a ton of money. Yeah, it and it's sucks. not. And it hasn't. Yeah, it hasn't. The the amount of money the movie makes has nothing to do with if the movie is actually good or not. It's just, no, it's right, just like no. if you, they, fi- I think Trump. maybe they figured out like, Oh, Hey, if we put a movie out with Batman or the Joker in it, it doesn't matter how good the movie is. It could be terrible. We put it out. It's people are going to go see it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, we're going to go see it. The night, you know, we're going to go right. see a comic book movie. You know, we're right, going to go true. see it. It's unfair to the fans out there who, unlike us, like actually read all the comics and know the storylines and have been like building up to this and have been really excited about it the way that we were excited about Ghostbusters. So I'm sure it's been kind of a letdown. Yeah, so. well, like I said, I'm not I'm not a diehard DC fanatic, but I do, I am a moviegoer and I do enjoy comic book movies and I've liked every single. There's not a Marvel movie released in the Marvel Cinematic Universe including the Thor movies and the Captain America movies that 
is worse than the first three DC movies into the DCU. And that, I, I'm not an expert, but that doesn't, that's just my opinion, but I feel like a lot of people have that same opinion. And that's, and that's like, good. and that's like out of like 15 movies at this point. Marvel, yeah. Marvel has like yeah. 15 and there are a couple that I don't love. There are a couple that I think are not very good, but yeah, I still think they're better than any of these three DC films. Yeah. So what's next for DC? They've got Wonder Woman coming out. I think it's Wonder Woman, right? You guys yeah. saw that trailer, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm holding out hope for it. Wonder Woman, I prefer, like, she would be one of the ones I like better out of the DC universe when it comes to, you know, female characters. So hopefully that's going to be amazing. I don't love Chris Pine, we'll but whatever. I'm down to see what's going on. I like Downton Abbey. It looks kind of like it takes place in that time and that universe and all that. <laughs> so yeah, you know. Might, might be funny. You know, it ends with a joke, that trailer. So, you know, it might be good. God, these trailers. Every trailer has to end with a joke. There, uh, DC has tried, you know, after after Batman versus Superman, you know, they, they were like, oh, wait, I guess maybe our movies are a little too depressing. And, you know, they went back and tried to make this one a little funnier. The trailers for Justice League and for Wonder Woman both have jokes in them. But it's uh, such a fallacy. But you think, wonder, are they, or is it just the way? Here's the thing: it's so, I it drives me crazy. This whole like, is it lighthearted or dark? Like that doesn't like. I don't care how dark Batman v Superman was. If it was good, it wouldn't matter. Like the Dark Knight is dark. But yeah, but here's the, but here's the difference. But here's the difference: the Dark Knight was a good movie. Oh, it, it oh, was good. It See, okay. I, I, I think I mentioned this to you before. I think part of DC's problem and part of uh, part of the fault of what's happening with DC, I think, uh, belongs to Christopher Nolan because he he did so well with his trilogy, even though I think um, The Dark Knight Rises was fucking awful. Uh, the Ooh, first two were fired. the first two were amazing. And a lot of people really love all three. But they did so well, and they changed uh, so much of of what is happening with superhero movies that DC just thinks that's what they should keep doing, and that's why uh, Man of Steel was like that, you know. And I think right. it's kind of fucked them up a little bit because they're like, you know, they don't have the same people writing. Christopher Nolan's not really involved anymore, maybe as a producer or whatever, but. Yeah, but they try. Really they're trying. They tried to keep it in that same thing. They were like, "Oh, Marvel's doing this. We're gonna keep doing this," and it's kind of bitten them in the ass a little bit, and mm-hmm. it's just not yeah. working. Yeah, and like the thing that's so disapp- like Man of Steel. I don't know. Maybe Superman just doesn't work. Eventually, the right director and the right actor are gonna come together and make a really great Superman movie, but it's it's not happening right now. Batman versus Superman on paper should have been a home run. It sucked. And Suicide Squad, right now, the way people are, the way people pine after Harley Quinn, the way people love the Joker, the way that Will Smith is a box office megastar, it should have been the perfect story. No brainer, right. And it just, they botched it. It's just, uh, yeah. I mean, Trash it's no fire. skin off my back. I'll hope that Wonder Woman is good, but I've watched the trailer a couple times and I have a very, like, lukewarm feeling. Yeah. <clears throat> I like the Aquaman trailer, or the uh, not the Aquaman trailer, but the the Justice League trailer it looks pretty good. Um, but then again, who knows? Like all the, I've li- I liked the trailers to Man of Steel. I liked the trailers to Batman v Superman to a certain yeah. extent, and I loved the Suicide DC Squad. DC does trailers. good trailers. 
they maybe that's what they should do. Trailer. They should just make trailers to movies that they don't release. <laughs> I don't know, man. They put out they put out a really bad trailer to Batman v Superman. Yeah, they, was the, it that first or second? That like I was, the, I was thinking te- about that. I the was, teaser, the teaser was uh, fine, yeah. but the like first full length trailer was very bad. I had that uh, like whole conversation between Batman and Superman at the party. Oh God, you're right. Like, it was the it was doing? it was the one that like dropped the spoiler that Doomsday was in the movie, and oh, that yeah. Batman and Superman are friends by the end. Uh, I, uh, you know, but I, I, I will agree. I do think the uh, Justice League trailer looks, it looks fine. Like it looks okay. It looks enjoyable, but I don't know to me, I don't know if it looks enjoyable because it's a little more, you know, it just looks a little more fun or if just cause Superman's not in it because I can't stand Superman. Dude, hey, guess guy. what? Superman is definitely in it because they released oh, sure an image is. the other day. Black. He's going to have his black suit on. Oh, it's okay, the fucking Spider-Man three thing again. Hey guys, Spider Man's gonna have a black suit on. That means hey. it's gonna be great, right? Mm. God, That's what are they different. Do? Here's the thing. It's big stuff. We're getting heated. We're getting stressed. We've got a lot going on. Yeah. Hopefully DC gets their act together. Hopefully Marvel keeps just doing what they're doing. Yeah, you're good, girl. Keep and hopefully going. we get some more Ghostbusters movies. God, yeah. I hope so. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully it'll all it'll all come together. I'm not too worried about Warner Brothers. They're making a lot of money off these movies. Um, yeah, they're doing good. Sony, on the other hand, I wore, I, I, I fear for Sony. Yeah, a little for, bit. I feel for our Sony. Some problems going there. There's couple, some, some going t- tiny couple things. Tiny I'm couple fearful things. that all of my stuff is not going to arrive before Dragon Con that I've ordered this last minute <laughs> mashup costume. So I might just have a wig, and we'll see what else. So I'm excited, though, guys. Cool. We need to go build that Gatling gun. Yeah, we do. So... Any final thoughts before we head off into the sunset here, as they say? I think uh, we covered a lot of ground. I think, you know, we kind of had like a, a little one-week hiatus there. We all had uh, trying to catch our breath after this crazy summer we've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, we got some cool stuff coming up. We got some cool episodes planned. We've got our October horror movies. Uh, yes. Uh, we're Child's watch Play it. was just the beginning for me. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to open the window. Spread it open wide. Did you know that they Ooh. announced... <laughs> Whoa. Uh, stuff's going to blow in. I don't know. Wait, let's talk about some of the Abby's greatest Guys, I've episode. said some really dirty things, <laughs> and said, I'm you sorry. You mentioned the shocker. Yeah. You mentioned a turd covered in Skittles. <laughs> yep, Chocolate. Yep. Guys, candy. you guys didn't even realize both phrases I just said were things that directly came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> they were clarification I statements. I didn't say the shocker. Yeah, but you I didn't referenced clarify. it. Well, people you didn't know. say the one thing about um, Harley Quinn. I thought you were going to say the same thing you said it like eight times this week. But you better. What did I say? I can't say that. Say it. You said you <laughs> say I it. I can't. It's against the law. Say it. But you can't. Um, it's fine. But I will say that we got a lot going on. Uh, there's another Child's Play movie coming out. They announced Chucky Seven. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to get ready for that. I better catch up. I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And, uh, and then, <sighs> I don't know, the next time we talk to everybody, we'll be probably right close to Dragon Con. Right, yeah. yeah, right around. Right up Getting in close. It. All right, guys. Well. Can't wait. Thank you so much for checking out the Yes Have Some podcast. Please, please do not forget to go to iTunes. Uh, give us a five-star rating. It helps. More yeah, leave one of those review yes. things. Yeah, Just type up. Nice tell, tell some Tell some stories. One like yeah. equals two prayers. <laughs> so, and two two prayers equals one uh, 
dollar. Oh, God. So we <laughs> you got the whole thing figured out. We're making out. money uh, with every prayer. And then Facebook.com slash Yes Have Some Cast on Instagram and on Twitter at YHS Podcast. And, of course, our website, YesHaveSomeCast.com. Uh, and also check out our uh, sponsor, Carnivorous Creations. Thank you uh, to those guys. We got a little treat coming from a them. A little something. And uh, that's all we got. So what if the Enchantress was inside of that when we got it? In the Terror Dog <laughs> head? The Terror Dog, yeah. I would send it back. Looking for her heart. I would say, hey, uh, I hope you started the Suicide Squad in uh, preparation for this event that's happening. Hey, at least we have something going on like that built the plot before, you know. God forbid these movies should have a storyline that made sense. I'm going all day. I liked my storyline. Jake, anything else before we head out? No, I think that's it, man. Just trying to get ready for everything that's coming up. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, de- hopefully we can do an episode about the next DC movie and it will be, uh, you know, better. Yes. Or we could just do an episode where we all pick out a DC movie we actually like and talk about that. I'm cool. Down. I already uh, have one. Yeah. We are. I think I'm trying to think of every What well, you know what it's gonna be? I'm gonna do Batman '89. Jack, uh, J- Jack, Jake's gonna do Batman Returns, and Abby's gonna do Batman Forever. Yeah, oh, that honestly, dude, that'd probably be it. <laughs> probably be my movie. Let's get into it. Your <laughs> life won't be worth spit. <laughs> love Batman. God, I love Batman '89. Guys, let's talk about it right now. No, we can't. Dude, all right, another hour. Cool. <sighs> all right, cool. You want to get nuts? Oh, we already do that. We already get nuts. All right, cool. We get nuts every episode. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We will see you next time. I'm losing my voice. Watch your nutheads. All right. Good night, y'all. Bye.